welcome to Seventh Street Christian Church. Glad you are here. Uh, several announcements. Um, the first one, before I forget, our District 7 um, annual assembly. So our region is broken down into different districts, and this district has a um, meeting on October 7th celebrating communion. This information will be in um, our daunting education hallway. Uh, but it's October 7th. We're going to gather and worship and have a light meal together. Um, it is, also falls on World Communion Sunday, hence the, um, the theme. And we are collecting items for Haven House. Is that right? Pat? Haven? Safe Harbor. Sorry. Haven House is Raleigh, North Carolina. Same thing. But <laughs> Sorry. Safe Harbor. And a list of those items that they're collecting, again, is on the bulletin board um, in the hallway. So uh, make a note. We'll send this out this week to make a formal announcement so you can get that in your, your calendar. So a um, couple other announcements. A lot of things have shifted and changed and dates have moved because of that horrible hurricane that hit us this weekend. Did anyone else, I know I'm going to say that, does anyone else find it ironic that we got less rain this weekend with the hurricane than we have essentially every single day this summer? <laughs> okay, but of course a lot of things, we didn't know that a week ago, um, and so a lot of things were canceled and shifted, so that includes as you know, we're celebrating um, the life of Stone Puppy. Um, that was supposed to be this afternoon. It is now next Sunday at Barker's Park at 4 o'clock. Also, what shifted was uh, the crop walk was supposed to be this afternoon, and that has now officially moved to September 30th, so the end of the month. Um, yeah, so those are the big announcements there. So mark your calendar for that shift. Hope you can still make it. Um, September 30th, our fifth Sunday worship service. What time are you supposed to show up for worship? One more time. What time are you supposed to show up for worship on September 30th? 10 a.m. Really? Really, Daniel Lynn? <laughs> um, right. So in lieu of a traditional worship service, we are worshiping through outreach projects, and there's a number of different outreach projects that you can sign up. There's a lot of talking. There is just a lot of talking and not listening. Okay, <laughs> Y'all are not allowed to sit next to each other anymore. All right, so September 30th, worship is outreach, or outreach is worship. And so we are meeting um, at the 10 o'clock hour, you can sign up for different projects ahead of time. I encourage everyone to sign up today as you're leaving. You can do so in the narthex at that table. There's a number of different projects, some that are here on site and a couple that are off site um, and are, are situated, like they're, they're created for different ability levels and interest levels. So I encourage you to go, look, sign up and participate. And then we'll come back here um, and actually have a short communion worship and process our experience um, afterwards. So what time on September 30th? Still making me a little nervous. 
Eastern time. That's right, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> um, any other major announcements? Um, I will say for that September 30th service, um, we are needing your help collecting some items for our LVS care bags, as well as one of our projects making um, treats and toys for the animal shelter. So that is listed in your bulletin, and I encourage you to take a look at that. So, Faith, family, and friends, on thank you, on September 29th, we are doing a composting event um, and learning, a, no, yeah, composting with our master gardeners. That's right. So faith, family, and friends, more about that next week. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for keeping me. I'll stay if you'll have me. I'll stay a little while longer or a lot while longer. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Barbara. It's been a good year. Um, as I continue to reflect about all that we have accomplished um, in just 52 short weeks. It's exciting. Um, I'm going to be quiet now and invite us to prepare our hearts to worship God. Thank you, Linus.
please stand as you are able and join with me in the call to worship and opening hymn. Gathered together in this community of faith, we are a focusing point in time for the worship of all creation. As the redeemed of God, let us enter into the communion of the saints. Please join me in the confession and assurance of pardon. And hope of the mercy of a loving God, we confess our sins before God and one another. Too often we have been quick to corrupt our good creation. We have failed blessings for others. We have not trusted in your promises. Our thoughts, words, and deeds have been careless. Recreate us in your image and heal us of our own sins. Our faithful God loves and forgives all who seek God's face. Today, receive the entire forgiveness for all of your sins, freely given by a God whose promises are everlasting. Amen. And now at peace with God, let us offer the peace of Christ to one another.
Please be seated. Today's first scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am all I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. that Linus is um, playing the piano because we weren't sure how, what the flooding situation was going to be down in Hanover Hall. We prepared for the worst. So what happens is there's an intake area, so the air intake for the organ is down there, and so if there's lots of moisture and water, that's not good for pipes. So thank you, Linus, for being flexible and playing the piano. Our second scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And I invite you to actively listen or to read along in your pew Bibles. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran, and he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah and Shechem at the time of the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel and the rest on Ai in the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. The word of the Lord. This week, I met Steve. Steve is the current tenant of my future house, new house. Jamie Lynn and I are moving to a new house together. 
He's moving out and he's moving in his second retirement to live on the beach in North Carolina. I said, I hope it's still there, knowing that hurricane flow is quickly approaching. And he joked back and said, yeah, me too. I have to admit, I don't get those crazy people who love the beach so much that they build their homes there, knowing that it is just a matter of time before a storm will come. It's not a matter of if, but when. When they will have to build, board up their homes and deal with the stress of wondering what Mother Nature will do in her fury. And every time a storm comes causing destruction, there they are always ready to rebuild again. Even though it doesn't make sense, knowing it will happen again. Even before that horrific Hurricane Katrina, I thought it was crazy, and by crazy, I mean foolish and stupid, what is this? Where's it say? that people would literally choose to live in a bowl next to a body of water. And after Katrina, I thought it was crazy that people would choose to rebuild. Why? Why would people choose to build a life in a place where there is so much risk? Is it the power of the sunrise or the sunset? Is it the peacefulness of the water? The ability to rest in a different frame of time? Is it the beauty? Is it the mystery of promises that a particular place holds? What is it about a place that calls people to leave all the comforts that they know for a full life of the unknown, of risk? The story today is a key story for the rest of the Hebrew Bible. It is the grounding for which all other stories are built. It is the birthplace of the covenant between God and God's people. It is the story of two people later to be known as Abraham and Sarah that leave the comforts of what they know for a life of unknown risk. The call comes from nowhere. Abraham has done nothing particularly noteworthy. I can imagine such a call left him wondering, why me? But then life often leaves us asking that question. Why me? It is the scandal of election to which there is usually no answer. Then there's the flip side. It's usually really nice to be called, to be elected. It validates us. One, while it might be nice to say, I'm being called to do something, and in this case for God, the next thought might be that, hey, maybe there's something in 
maybe people might look at me with a little bit more respect or you might be gaining power and position or maybe be loved more because of this new opportunity. I mean, God named some great things that will happen to Abraham if he chooses to follow God. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. The promise might sound good, like the deep sounds really good, a good place to live until there is a hurricane. But what's important to remember is that the Hebrew Bible was a kinship society. You lived and you moved and you had your being and purpose by being a part of a tribe, a clan, and most importantly, your father's house, where you and your parents and your grandparents all lived together. So to be called to leave your land, your kindred, your father's house, to become a sojourner and resident alien, no one would want to do this, especially at such an old age, without children. Accepting this call is absolutely nonsensical. But Abraham and Sarah go. They accept the call. We don't know their motivations. We can put Abraham on a pedestal now, but we should also entertain the historical Abram, maybe the human Abraham. I can imagine Abraham upon hearing God's promise, I will make you a great nation, and thinking, okay, nation? Nation equals power. Power equals money and security. Okay, I'm in. And, uh, and you will be a blessing? I'm thinking, all right, God's blessing. It's a good thing. Abraham does what is asked. As humans, we tend to create narratives to fill in the blank space. As humans, we aren't always good with blank spaces, with the unknown. We get a little or a lot uncomfortable. So we fill voids, we fill silence with noise, we fill partially empty stomachs with food, we fill emptiness with material possessions. We set expectations to fulfill our own prophecy. We fill in the gaps to create the story that we want to hear. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a human thing. But the story we create can also be one-dimensional and not at all what we imagine we could live into. The truth is Abraham is called to do some pretty tough stuff. 
to sacrifice his son Isaac, to which God does intervene at the 11th hour, but still must have caused some deep psychological trauma. And at the end of Abraham's life, the only descendants he has is Isaac, and the only land he owns is the burial plot that he buys for his wife, Sarah. I wonder what story Abraham told himself to fill the blank space that appeared as an unfulfilled promises of God. The promise of a great nation, the promise of being a blessing, of making Abraham's name great, are promises that are not immediately fulfilled. But they are fulfilled in future generations. And they continue to be fulfilled through us. This is the story of how one chose to risk and to follow God. This is a story of how following that call and moving through that risk shaped an entire people. This call story is the beginnings of a relationship between God and God's people. This is a story of how humans encountered and experienced God. This is the foundation of our faith story and the faith story of Judaism and Islam. This is a story that reminds us that our kinship, our true tribe, our clan is bigger and broader than we had imagined. That God calls us not to be isolated individuals, but that our lives are instrumental in forming a future for others. This is a faith story that tells us that the blessings continue. That our lives are for something greater than ourselves. To be a blessing to others. This is a faith story where we, that we are rooted in. Where we remember that we belong wherever God calls us. you feel called to be a part of this congregation rooted in this great faith story, to continue to be a blessing, to share that blessing with others, we invite you to come forward during the singing of our hymn, Blessed Be the God of Israel. Let us stand and sing.
mic off because it was dead. Does this work? Thank you. Um, just a few um, shares of, of different prayer concerns and requests. Um, I saw Ellis Giles on Thursday, and he's um, up in the fourth floor on rehab after surgery on his back. He's had a few falls. And right as um, I was visiting him, he had just fallen in physical therapy. And so um, we prayed for him. Um, also, would like to share that um, my friend Wyatt McMahon passed away on Thursday, um, as expected. Um, and I'll be headed to Maryland um, Friday late afternoon for to preside at his service on Saturday. So I ask that you hold um, his family, his wife Anusha, and his two young children in your prayers. Are there any other prayer concerns that you would like to share on this morning? impacted by the storm. Let us go to God in prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Beckoning God, You plant in us urgent questions and wonderings and calls that lead us to you. You gather us into your church, prophets and ponderers, travelers and builders. You make room for us and challenge us to be your beloved community. You bless us so that we may become a blessing in your world. Doing your work of justice, hope, and truth for all. But sometimes this is difficult. It is difficult when we are scared to risk, when we are scared to fail. When life is a struggle, when illness unhinges us, and death insists we confront our mortality. So we ask for your help. Help us to see your blessings. Help us to notice the glass half full. Move those of us who are having a good day to be a blessing to those who are not.
as you did with Abraham and Sarah. Take and touch our lives so we can become extraordinary. In this community of common folk and complainers and prophets and puzzled people, may we realize that you have called us. Let what we say and do here, what we ponder and decide here, be real for us and honest to you as you prepare us for the life of the world where all can experience your love. Amen. We are blessed to be a blessing to others. The gifts and skills God gives us are meaningless unless we share them. Our words and actions are reflections of who God has created us to be. So let us use and share the gifts God has given us to leave as markers of God's goodness. Let us bring forth our tithes and offerings.
generous God, we ask for your blessings on these gifts. May they be used courageously but wisely to bring about your beloved community here on earth. Amen. You may be seated. Just saying thank you. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves that the way Jesus is not supposed to be easy. At the best of times, Jesus will, will challenge our assumptions and draw us into places where we will learn and grow. And the worst of times, we may be called upon to risk all that we have, including our lives, for our faith. It isn't easy, and the only way to live our way into the challenge is to draw on the words that Jesus spoke that are spirit and life for us. One of the places we hear those words is at this table. So come and hear the word of life that Jesus is speaking to you. Let us join our voices with the first verse of our communion hymn, found on page 392. gather around this table, we remember the story that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with the disciples in an upper room, and he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup and poured it out and blessed it. And gave it to them and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. O you who walked upon the water and calmed the storm, we ask you calm the storms that many face in our world today. The storms unleashed by Mother Nature such places as the Carolinas and the other states will be receiving such storms. Japan, the Philippines, around the world where there are storms and problems happening we're not even aware of yet. Oh, you who calm the storms of life, we ask you to calm those storms of hatred and fear, the storms of concern, the storms that cry out for hope. Be with all those facing the storms that life brings. And as we partake of this bread, remind us of your presence. Remind us of your love, not only when we stand upon the mountaintop, but when we are in the deep valleys, when we face those storms. Remind us again 
over and over that we are indeed in your love one people. These things we pray in your holy name. Amen. Most gracious and loving God, we come to this table of remembrance once again to renew our thanks for the messages it brings. Help us to see the sacrifice, the dedication to you, and the love for your creation that Jesus demonstrated as he lived through these events in his life, sharing bread to represent his body to be broken for those who would understand, and the shedding of his blood to help us understand how following in his footsteps could bring us closer to you, understanding your presence in our lives. We start here with the music that speaks to us without words, in the words shared by Holly and Sarah, in the words of the hymns that add thought to the spoken word, in the many small ways that individuals have provided service to aid in our worship of you this day. Help us understand that leaving these thoughts and understandings at this table or in this place will not aid us in becoming more Christ-like in our living, but that taking the love shown here into the world we inhabit and sharing it with others will help fulfill your purpose for our lives. We pray these things from our hearts as we join together in this communion feast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let us pray. God of covenant, you promised Abraham land, descendants, and blessing so that he might be a blessing for all. Show us how to honor the covenant so that we might be a blessing to others. We pray these things in the name of Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let us stand and sing one of, I mean, our favorite hymns, <laughs> Here I Am, Lord. We will sing verses 1 and 3. Stand as you are able. this benediction. God's love calls us into community to bless us. God's love sends us out into the wider community to be a blessing. So let us go forth from here in peace, bringing the blessing of God the creator, Jesus Christ the wounded healer, and the uncontainable Holy Spirit. Go now to love and serve your Lord. Amen. Amen.